Hello, I'm your host, Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by Citilets and Arla Property Mart Scotland. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories and much more. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's Talk at citilets.co.uk. Today, my guest is Fred Lawson, portfolio landlord based in East Lothian. Morning, Fred. Good morning. morning nice to be you. here. Thank you for coming in. And I have to say that I do like your podcasts. Thank I you mean, very they are, much. They are very useful and I've really enjoyed listening to them. Thank you. Some more than others probably, but uh, <laughs> really good, useful information. Thank you. That's really good to hear. Now, Fred, you're a retired chartered accountant and you began building your property portfolio in your 70s. So what made you decide to invest in property at this, you know, that stage in your life? Well, I was very fortunate um, in that I already had stock market investments in ISAs and SIPs. And my parents in their 90s uh, both died. So I was left their house and, um, and some money from them. So I inherited some money and I thought, well, rather than putting it all in the stock market, I would diversify and get something else. And I was sort of toying with investment in property and I wasn't really sure. And I went down, Taylor Wimpy were building um, down the road, new houses. So I went along and there was a block of flats and there were three flats left in this block. So I jokingly said to the, um, the sales lady, oh, I'll buy all three just to clear you out and uh, so you're sold out. And, uh, but I must have a discount. And she said, there's absolutely no way that you're going to get a discount because they're selling like hot cakes. And so I said, okay, that's fine. So I went away thinking, well, I'll not really bother. And then I got a phone call the next day from the sales director in Dunfermline who said, um, you're looking for a discount if you buy all three flats? And I said, yes. And she said, well, I'll give you 5%. So I said, fine, I'll do it. And I put the phone down and I thought, oh my God, here I am into the, <laughs> into the property market. So there we are. My goodness. Well, I mean, you've built a portfolio of nine properties to date. So tell us, what does it comprise of and where are their locations? Right. Well, um, I started off really in East Lothian. I live in Musselburgh, so that's East Lothian. And, uh, and I bought these three Taylor Wimpies in, uh, in Musselburgh and Pinky Road. And then uh, they were, it's a huge development. And then there was a terraced uh, housing set up just next door to the flat. So I went to look at one of the terraced houses and it looked jolly nice. And, and I, it is jolly nice. And I know that the uh, tenant in there is very pleased with it and is actually wanting to buy it off me. Right. So uh, we're talking about that at the moment. So I bought um, a three bedroom uh, terraced house. Then uh, down in, uh, in Gillen, which is, you know, golfing country down towards North Berwick, I bought a, a Carla development. The first lot were Taylor Wimpy. This was a Carla development. And I bought a three bedroom flat down there, which is again, lovely. And I play golf down in East Lothian. So it's sort of vaguely for my retirement. I'm, I'm now 80, I've got to say, but it's vaguely for my retirement that I might, uh, instead of having a house in Inverask where I live, uh, I might live down in uh, Gillen, but there's a tenant in there and he's a very good tenant and I have no problem there at all. So that's the East Lothian ones. And then I thought, well, I better get some in Edinburgh now that I'm into the business of buying property. Never really thought that I would go for nine, but uh, mm -hmm. so, um, so I bought one out at Toll Cross, a three bedroom house at Toll Cross, a flat. Mm -hmm. And then in, uh, in um, the Cannon Gate, there's a block called the uh, Old Tollbooth Wind, which was built by Barrett Developments about 20 years ago, I think. 
So I bought uh, one there and I subsequently bought another one, so I've got two in there. And then in Holyrood Road, I bought a flat there. So I've now got uh, five in East Lothian and four in Edinburgh. Right, okay. Well, you know, given that it can be difficult to keep up with the various changes in legislation in recent years and handling tenancies can be complex. So do you manage the properties yourself or do you use letting agents? Well, it's quite interesting you say that because when I started at the age of 71, I thought there's no need to use all these agents who uh, take a lot of money and, you know, I'll just do it myself. And my daughter, in fact, in Dundee, has got uh, a flat and she was using an agent. And I said, oh, you're wasting your money. You're paying whoever it is, you know, just do it yourself. But over the years, and I've had them for about nearly 10 years, the legislation seems to get more and more complicated all the time. There's always uh, situations. There's uh, renovations and repairs, and although I try to buy new properties, or fairly new, for instance, in the, in the old town, I mean, there are properties there which are two or three hundred years old, but I wouldn't touch them. And the oldest I've got is about 20 years old, for the maintenance reason. Um, but there's always something, there's a change of tenant, somebody moves on, or, or there's a leak, or whatever it might be. And uh, so it is actually quite onerous. And then you've got to keep all the records for seven years for tax purposes. So you've got to keep a record of all the rental income that you've had, all the costs and expenses, loan interest on mortgages and all the rest of it. And then you have to do your annual tax return and it has to be done online now, self-assessment. And it really is quite an onerous job. So now that I'm 80, I've decided, right, I'm going to pay some professionals. So I now use uh, various professionals. I've got I've just appointed GSB, uh, Garden Sterling Burnett Properties down in uh, Haddington to look after my East Lothian properties. And, uh, and I have uh, Saltoons, um, the flat company, looking after one of my old Tolbooth wine flats. And actually that's an interesting situation there because during COVID it was on uh, short-term holiday lets through another uh, agency. And, uh, and suddenly with COVID, no tourists were coming at all. Mm -hmm. And our flat was empty and we could not get anyone in it. I mean, everyone thinks, oh, you make masses of money and it's always busy. It was terrible. Mm -hmm. And the agent came to me one day and he said, here are the keys, I cannot get anyone to come and, uh, and, and it's back to you. So I was left with this flat and it was empty for about five months. Right. Now, the rent was about, I can't remember what, 900 or maybe a thousand a month. So for five months, that's a loss of 5,000 pounds because it was empty, a void. So um, this chap from uh, Saltoons, who I'd never met before, said, I've got a tenant for you. So I thought, but only on the basis that we will manage it for 10% plus fat. And having said, oh, I'm not going to use agents, I said, okay. So we got uh, two, he's got two very nice uh, Queen Margaret University nursing students right. in there. And they're very good tenants. And, uh, and so it, it all worked out quite well. Okay, so you went from short term to long term there. So that, uh, that's gone on to long term. But I've done two other flats the other way around. And I've put them on to short term. Ah, and I was so, going to ask this actually later. So, um, because I just want to touch, just with, uh, with talking about uh, with you actually buying the flats before we move on to, to that side of things. Can I just ask you, you know, what was your experience in arranging mortgages for the property? You know, how strict was the lending criteria at, at this age? Well, I was absolutely amazed. Uh, Taylor Wimpy, because they, they were developing this huge site down in Pinky Road in Musselburgh, um, had everything very organized and when you bought you got a little pack and it recommended lawyers So there were two firms of lawyers and I chose Warner's 
basically, to be quite honest, because they were the cheapest, they, were, they gave a quote for buying the three flats, so I chose Warner's. And then they put me onto a mortgage broker, a chap in, can't remember where it was, Sterling, I think. And, uh, and I thought, oh, well, it's very interesting. And of course, when you make the offer, you make it subject to getting a loan. You're not just going to have yeah. to shell out £350,000 or something without the money. So, uh, and he was very good. He was absolutely superb. And he um, contacted various, I mean, the brokers look at all the market to see what's available. And he was very good. And he got me, I can't remember, I think it was the Coventry Building Society or maybe the nationwide, because I'm using both of them. And, uh, and despite the fact I was aged 71, um, I got the mortgages. Now, when you get a mortgage, there is something called the term, which is the length of the mortgage. And then quite apart from the term, uh, there's the period of time, there's, a, there's an interest rate fixed for a period of time. Now, it is absolutely astounding. I mean, having got the first three mortgages, no trouble, and paying and being a reasonably good, well, a good client in the fact mm. that I haven't defaulted and everything's been paid on time. Um, I got the next mortgages really easily. It was very, it was very simple to get. Oh, interest only. Yeah, yeah. And, and I pay interest only. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason I pay interest only and I do not pay any capital repayment is uh, a thing called inflation. Now, everybody thinks inflation is appalling and terrible and something to be worried about. If you're in the property market, inflation is actually your friend. And the reason it's your friend is that the asset is going up in value all the time. And the loan that you have, now I'm in the situation now that I've got about two million pounds worth of properties and they've got mortgages on them of one million pounds. So you might think, oh my goodness, one million pounds of loans, that's dreadful. But if you can fix the rates, which I was able to before interest rates started rising at a good rate, Actually, with inflation, the, the real value in real purchasing power is going down all the time. So you've got the asset on the one side going up, you've got the loan on the other side going down in value. So it sounds as if it's an absolute miracle situation. But as with anything in life, particularly in business, things can go wrong. And interest rates are now rocketing with inflation. I don't know what I would... I mean, I'm quite lucky because I've got quite a few fixed rates. But when the fixed rates finish, and then I have to renegotiate a new rate with either the companies that I'm using or new uh, lending companies. Um, I could be paying five, six, seven percent. Right. However, when I was very young, when I mean newly met, when I say very young, newly married, sort of age 26, um, I bought a house out in the Queen's Ferry Road, and uh, and, the, and it was a, I think it was something like a. Oh, I can't remember, an £8,000 loan and a £15,000 house or whatever the figures were. But the real crux was that interest rates went to 15%. And I was paying interest on, on mortgages, as everybody else was, mm -hmm. of 15%. And we thought, well, that's normal. Now people are worrying and saying, oh my goodness, interest rates have doubled from 1% to 2%. It's still incredibly low. Mm -hmm. So as long as interest rates don't go through the roof, property is definitely the place to be. Yeah. Not necessarily with all your money. You want to have a bit of a nest Very egg somewhere bit. else so you mm -hmm. can fall back on or in the stock market. Although I'm slightly worried about the stock market because when interest rates go up, the stock market usually goes down. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, with the new prime minister and queen dying and this, that and the next thing, the, um, I, I just a little bit worried about, although I've got money in the stock market and I'm going to leave it there, I think it's wise uh, to diversify yes. and not have it all in the one place. Many factors that can affect. Don't moment. have all your eggs in one basket. That's it.
Absolutely. <laughs> well, um, you mentioned before, you know, your initial properties were in East Lothian and were new builds at the time of purchase. You did talk about maintenance there, but, you know, was that the main reason? Was there other reasons for specifically being new builds when you first purchased your No, absolutely. Properties? I wanted new builds so that the, the, hopefully there'd be minimum maintenance. But actually, if you look around, there are masses of new houses going up, flats and houses all over the place. And it doesn't matter whether you're in East Lothian, where there's another 10,000 houses or whatever going up. But if you go down to London, the M25 and all round, the number of buildings, mm -hmm. the amount of building going on is absolutely extraordinary. And the problem is that they don't have enough uh, qualified tradesmen. There's a shortage of plumbers and electricians and joiners. And, the, and these are the people who are going to make money, you know, with, with the, what's going on, because there's a shortage of them. Mm -hmm. But the consequence is that the quality of build is not as good as it used to be. Mm -hmm. Now, the house I live in is a Carla house, which I bought 22 years ago. And it is a very good quality build and a very good house. And I'm delighted with it. But the new Taylor Wimp and Different builders have different qualities. And I do have to say that the Taylor Wimpy flats that I had, the snagging problems were quite, quite uh, particularly on the plumbing. And it just hadn't been done properly. So we had to get them back and they fixed it. So that's fine. But the Carla flat that I bought down in Gillen uh, has been very well built. That's interesting. So between the different builders. So, so I've always mm -hmm. gone for new or nearly new. Right, okay. So what would you say then because you mentioned that your first purchase was three properties at once um, within the same stairwell. So what would you say the advantages and disadvantages to owning three properties within the same stairwell for you know, the likes of possibly common repairs? Like well, that? actually, I don't think it really matters because um, the, uh, in a way it's an advantage because you've only got one place to go when you want to go and visit and see what's going on. And, drop off a Christmas card or something. And, uh, and, the, and the common repairs are just divided up amongst all the 12 flats and you pay three times because you've got three flats. So I don't think there's any particular advantage or disadvantage. I mean, there would be if the whole place went on fire or something. I mean, that would be an absolute disaster and it would be a three times disaster. But, you know, in normal circumstances, I don't think it matters. Yeah, I think particularly, as you see, with the new build, it's sort of like this, I suppose some, I know of some landlords who have had say even just two properties within an old tenement and then of course there's been a, a quite an extensive roof repair and that's had quite an effect for them but I suppose with yourself the nature of the type of properties with the new builds it's well that's exactly I mean the roof roof repairs mm -hmm. if, if you go around the old uh, the old town and even the new town because the new town's getting quite old yes. now there are a lot of roof repairs and actually with this very very dry summer mm -hmm. and now suddenly it's pouring with rain I can guarantee there are going to be roof problems all over the place. Absolutely. And that, and that is one reason that I have not bought very old properties. We did say after yesterday's downfall, well, this morning will be the time to find out. The, yeah, the, the, how the good phones, your roof. Absolutely. The, the roofers will be getting phones ringing, I'm sure. <laughs> That's it. Well, as you previously mentioned, you have four properties in Edinburgh's old town. And the City Let's most recent report, the quarter two um, report, recorded the city's monthly average rent at £1,283. So how do you feel about current rent levels and also about raising rents for long-term tenants within your properties? I mean, obviously, it, now we have a, a rent freeze till spring, but kind of out with times like that, what are your views 
on these two aspects? Well, I think it's very important to try and keep up because if you don't, you see, I've probably made a mistake that in a way I've been too kind to tenants and I haven't put their rents up. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I hear, sorry to interrupt, I hear a lot of that because I think landlords have a reputation for you know, having you know, extortionate rents and, and really trying to take as much as they can from tenants. But, you know, the majority, in fact, all landlords that I've spoken to have actually tended not to increase the rents regularly, particularly well, with long-term tenants. Well, you see, I mean, I mean, I have a very nice lady who's, who's got one of the flats and, uh, and she's been in there for, I don't know, eight or nine years or something. And, uh, and I have not purposely put the rent up because I know that she's struggling and, you know, circumstances and this and that and the cost of living and the other thing is from the landlord's point of view if you're pushing it up to the absolute limit and the tenant can't pay you've got the problem of well eviction which mm -hmm. is a huge problem to, and of course you can't evict people at the moment for no. uh, because mm -hmm. of six months or whatever and uh, and it's just not worth the hassle so and then you have a void and then you've got to look for another tenant and it's complicated so i think it's better to leave the rents at a reasonable level having said that I think you should, and I've made the mistake, I think you should raise rents probably three or four percent a year, because if I've, because I, as I have left it, suddenly an eight-year rise suddenly looks huge, whereas if it had been three percent a year, they'd have just accepted it. Yes, and that's the thing, and then, well, I'll, I'll talk about this later, just the effect of interest rates on mortgage payments. We'll talk about that later, but um, just going back to, can you, you're saying two of your Edinburgh flats are let out on a short-term basis and the other's long-term. So I'd just like to come discuss what you would say are the pros and cons to both, in your opinion. Well, that's very interesting. Um, certainly the short-term, the holiday lets, the Airbnbs, Booking.com and all that for tourists coming in, is incredibly profitable in the summer months. When you've got the festival, you can, you can get up to 200 pounds a night or even more, 300 pounds a night for a two bedroom flat for four people. Um, and I suppose the comparison is a hotel. If they were going to stay in a, in a hotel, three star or the Balmoral or wherever, the, the rates could be much more. So you could argue that, uh, that it's uh, too high. However, it's a competitive market. And when you look at the number of people coming as tourists and festival goers and performers, there are thousands of performers, quite apart from all the audience of people. And there's a, there's a limited uh, supply of places to stay. So we get a jolly good rent in the summer. However, um, as with all situations on short term, you have bleak periods in sort of January, February or November or whatever it might be and you have to just drop the rates down to get people in. But there comes a stage, you don't want to have so little coming in that you're getting wear and tear on the flat and it's not worth it. That's, mm -hmm. That's it. But, but the, the short-term rent uh, does, even paying 20% plus VAT to my agent hotel around town, uh, even paying them and the unbelievable cost of uh, guest changeovers for laundry and cleaning and all the rest of it. I mean, on one flat I'll pay about uh, eight to ten thousand a year just on cleaning and guest changeovers alone for all the laundry and everything it's jolly expensive yes and but actually during the pandemic um like you mentioned earlier to me that obviously with covid i mean you were saying about having obviously nobody was was coming but then when they were starting to kind of trickle through you, you would have had the the covid kind of cleaning costs which well you see i think that's slight con to be quite honest but uh, 
I'm having I'm having lunch with my agent uh, on Tuesday, so he'll he may well be listening to this. I don't know, but uh, you know they they all said they oh they've got to have deep cleans, and because of COVID, everyone said oh you've got to have it quite rightly. You know we've got to have a deep clean, and so the the cost of cleaning rocketed up. However. I'm pretty sure, and I shouldn't say this probably, but um, whether they still clean at the same sort of level they did before is a matter I don't know, but the, the cost is still the same, so it's still an expensive process. Yes. Well, look, out with festive periods, as you mentioned, have you found, you know, how have you found since the pandemic, since kind of tourists have returned, how have you found occupancy and rent levels for the short-term lets? Very good. Absolutely incredible. I mean, 97%. Gosh, right. Nine, okay. nine, definitely in the 90%. Right. Just incredible. But then, of course, looking forward, if you, if you sit and look at the um, online bookings for the future for February, March, there's a blank. Very little. And why do you think that is? Well, I think it's a combination of factors. I think people nowadays with holidays, and it's not just British people, but people from all over the world, people are not uh, planning years ahead they're leaving everything to the last minute because they're not quite sure if there's going to be a strike or the trains are going to be running or, or whatever the situation is or the cost and, and all the rest. So I think where you could see bookings a year ahead, two years ahead in the past, I think people are much more short term, maybe not booking more than maybe four or five months ahead. That's interesting. Well, obviously, you know, we have the new short-term licensing scheme, which will require all properties of this nature to be licensed by July 2024. You know, I believe it will likely curtail the supply of holiday lets in Edinburgh City. So what are your thoughts on this legislation and how it may impact Edinburgh's kind of private residential lettings market? Well, that is an extremely interesting and topical situation, and I really don't know the answer, but you could say that uh, if the council is going to be very restrictive and not grant licenses, now how they're going to decide who is a good landlord and who's a good a bad landlord, I have no idea. But I suppose if there's been a lot of complaints for noise and tourists coming and going with their suitcases and banging the lift and this and that, uh, maybe if there's been a lot of complaints, they won't grant uh, licenses for these particular situations. Um, but if you do get a license, and there's going to be a restricted number of places available, that actually puts the, uh, the supply-demand equation, the, the situation that prices will go up. So it'll actually be more expensive for people to come and rent because there'll be fewer properties available. So, uh, so it has a sort of pro and con. I mean, I don't know, I haven't applied yet, and I don't know when you do have to apply, but I will apply. And if I don't get uh, permission, then I will go long term. If I do get permission and the rates are good and possibly even better, we'll stay short term. I'm just about to ask you that if you thought, well, yourself, if you envisage yourself transitioning from short to long term, but do you feel a lot of landlords might do that? Or do you think they, they may sell? Well, there's another factor, you see. Um, as I said, I have a lady who's, who's actually wanting to buy one of my properties. Uh, but I've got a valuation and uh, she's not prepared to pay the, uh, the valuation. So at the moment, she's still paying me rent. But people will sell. There's no question about it. I mean, if they don't get their if they if they want to be in the holiday market and they don't get a license from the council, they will definitely put the place up for sale fully furnished. But then you could argue 
that if you're a good landlord and you do get permissions, it may be a good time to buy because the supply will be restricted, which will put values and prices up for next year. Yeah. That's, that's Who knows? We'll just have to wait mm -hmm. and see. Well, let's talk about the rise in interest rates um, and its effects on mortgages. So it's, with interest rates predicted to, to double in the next six months, what would your advice be to existing landlords and, and also to people who are considering investing in properties, possibly for the first time? Well, I think the answer is it's always a good time to invest in property. You know, if you're prepared to look at it for 20, 30 years or a lifetime or generations, there are people who've owned farms and estates for generations, a thousand years. It's always been a good thing to have. There have been bad times, of course there have. And I think with interest rates going up and restriction on, on lending, possibly to try and curb inflation, it might be more difficult to get uh, loans and, uh, and people may find it more difficult and it would be more expensive, as you say, with interest rates going up. But if you're prepared, if you're sort of aged, let's say, in your mid-40s and you're wanting to build up a portfolio, uh, it's always a good time to do it. Unless interest rates rocket away up to 15, 18 percent, then that's a completely different story because you're then losing money. And what's the point of losing money? And also the value of the property might go down because people are not buying them. That's it. That's it. Well, do you plan then, do you think, yourself at this stage of life, do you plan to expand your property, property portfolio or do you think you will start selling some? I will definitely not be expanding. At my age of 80, to have nine properties is ridiculous with all the work that's involved and there's absolutely no way that I'm going to buy any more. However, uh, my daughter is, uh, well actually my two daughters, I've got one in Seville in Spain and she has two rental properties, long-term rental properties, quite over a part over in Seville in Spain. And the other one lives in Perthshire and she's got a flat in Dundee which is on Airbnb and she seems to be doing very well on it and is very pleased and she's looking to buy more but then they're in their 50s. I'm in my 80s, so there's no way I'm going to, to buy more. Presumably, I will just keep them and, you know, in, t in due course, they'll go to my two daughters and they can do what they like with them. But having said all that, if, uh, if I got a jolly good offer for a flat from a tenant or somebody else, I would always consider it. Right, okay. Listen, this has been really interesting and I need to ask some things about yourself because you, I'm aware you've led a really busy and interesting life, gosh, from stockbroking in Australia to investment banking in the Bahamas, um, as well as dabbling in politics, more than dabbling. Um, so tell us a bit more about your past and also just how you feel in your retirement. Ah, well, you see, when you're working, you're always terribly busy and you never have any free time. And then you come along to retirement and you think, oh, wonderful. I'm going to have time to do all the things that I never did before and things I've always wanted to do. And it's just incredible. I don't know where the time goes, but I just seem to fill the days and the days go past. And, and I wonder what it's all about. But having said that, I've been very lucky. I've been all over the world. I had uh, six years in the Bahamas, two years in Australia, uh, a couple of years in the Channel Islands in Guernsey. Yeah. I've worked in London, I've worked back in Edinburgh. Uh, I came from Dundee originally, and, uh, and I've had a wonderful time all over the place and traveling to America and New York and all sorts of places. And then retirement comes along and you say, what do I do to, to fill in the time? Um, I play golf very badly. I mean, I was a single figure handicapper, but now I just go down on a Wednesday morning, I go and play nine holes once a week and, uh, and we just, chat and have coffee, 
talk about other politicians and uh, put the world to rights, have nine holes, a nice lunch, gla glass, of, glass of port or Lovely. glass of claret or whatever down in Gillen. And, uh, and then I have six grandchildren, so they keep me Gosh. busy, three in Spain and three in Perthshire. And they're all coming to the stage of going to university, so that's really exciting, wow. all the different places they're going to. I've had uh, one granddaughter, age 17, uh, hitchhiking in Nicaragua and in really? Costa Rica and all sorts of places. And she's off to Exeter just shortly. So it's never a dull moment. Mm -hmm. Gosh. And you're also treasurer of the Longridge Bridge Club. The Longridge Bridge Club, yes. Yeah. In, in fact, we used to meet face-to-face uh, -face in the church hall in Longridge. But of course, with uh, COVID and the pandemic, we went online with Real Bridge. And it's very interesting. People now seem to be, to start off with, they were all terrified and said, oh, yeah. I couldn't possibly do it on a computer. But now that we're doing it, they don't have to go out in the, on a cold, frosty night to the church hall to pay money. And uh, they sit and look at their computer and, and they have little pictures so everybody could see each other and see whether somebody's brushed their hair or not <laughs> and uh, put their lipstick on or whatever. And but that works quite well. We don't miss the social contact. Yes, uh, we were discussing that just yesterday, in fact. So uh, we had um, an AGM at the Craigie Law Golf Course where we had a high tea and drinks and a yes. little get-together with no bridge at all. That was just the social side. Good. But yes, people do. But then they have friends. They go, they do kitchen yeah. suppers, you know, with friends, just four people and go around different houses. So they cover the, the social side that way. Okay. Well, listen, thank you very much, Fred. That's been really interesting. I think some helpful advice for our listeners too. Thank you. Not at all. Great pleasure. Thank you very much. I'm Gillian Sandler. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms, including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And also let your friends know where to find us. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk.